Hi, and welcome to Inspiration Lab, a podcast shining a spotlight on leaders, creators, and organizations that continue to motivate and inspire us in the world of human resources, entrepreneurship, and hospitality. I'm Emery Dabala, founder and managing director of AB Consulting, an HR consultancy where we work with our clients to find unique approaches to human resources engagement, as well as strengthening leadership capabilities. Today, we're joined by one of Canada's top 40 under 40, Ritu Gupta, President and CEO of Easton's Group of Hotels. Easton's Group is Canada's largest private hotel development company, operating flagship hotels with industry-renowned brands such as Marriott, Hilton, and IHG. In our discussion, Ritu delves into her passion for the hospitality industry, as well as what it's like to work in the family business and the importance of advocating for women and diversity. You'll find this podcast motivating and inspiring. Everyone, it's Emery Dabala from AB Consulting, and thanks so much for joining us today for our latest Q&A with Ritu Gupta. Ritu is the president and CEO of the Easton's Group, which is a family-owned organization and actually Canada's largest private hotel development company. They own and operate hotels under the Marriott brand, um, IHG, Hilton, and they also have the Gupta Group, which is the parent company that manages the residential development for the property. Ritu has and continues to have a really formidable career. We're so excited to hear more from her. She was uh, recognized as Canada's top 40 under 40 and also sits on a number of different boards to include the Women in Tourism and Hospitality, as well as the Executive Advisory Council for Ryerson School of Hospitality and Tourism. So we're so excited to have Ritu here with us today. And um, we too, we know you have a really busy schedule, so we really appreciate you making time to spend with us today. Hi, we too. It's so Hi. lovely to have you here and to see you as well. And I'm sorry it can't be in person, but thank you so much for taking the time to join us for our Q&A session. We're so excited to hear from you today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so much looking forward to having this chat with you today. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. And quite frankly, it's so fantastic to see a woman um, leading a hospitality organization, especially in an industry that I think you and I both know is fairly male dominated um, as well. And, you know, I wanted to start by talking a little bit more about your career journey and, you know, some key learnings that you may have had, you know, working closely with your father um, and, and growing up in, in a family business. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself. For sure. Uh, so there's a couple of things there. I think uh, growing up in, in a family business is always interesting. Uh, I have so many stories I can share with you. Um, you know, we have our friends over and I'm really young and they come to our family room and it's covered with doorknobs and carpets and, you know, we're embarrassed, right? So you bring your friends over and you just think, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. They're going to think my family is so weird, but my friends would love it. And they would go around and they would talk to my dad and say, you know, Mr. Gupta, we like this carpet and we don't like that doorknob. And everyone felt like they were a part of all the decisions. And I think that we've sort of grown up in that kind of household where dinner is usually dinner meeting and our, you know, different bedrooms in the house turn into sort of a pseudo studio for any of the new properties that we have. So it's always, it's always been really fun. And to be honest, I feel blessed that I actually love what I do. Um, I know some people, you know, they're in their family business, but they don't necessarily like it. They don't enjoy it. 
Um, when I was very young, my dad would take us to the construction site. So it, it's so embarrassing, that, to be honest, because <laughs> to this day, the smell of tar. So if there's fresh tar on the road, it makes me excited because when I was young, we would go to our hotels and they'd be being built and that smell of fresh tar was this exciting feeling that we we're opening a new hotel. So I'm just, a, I'm just weird. It just, it's, it's how we've grown up, you know? My, you know what, being back now, my dad had no fear. He would take us to construction sites. And I remember being really young and I was running over these wooden planks over gigantic gaping holes in the ground. And my dad's just like, yep, come with me. This is what we're doing. And we also had no fear. So I think it was a, a really fun and interesting way to grow up, to be honest. And I honestly, I've always loved the hotel industry. And even though, you know, now obviously we've been hit with this pandemic, I have a lot of faith that we are going to go into bounce back. It'll take some time. Um, and I think our government has done a great job, to be honest, because where we are, Touchwood, in comparison to our neighbors, um, we're doing quite well. So hopefully we can stay on this, uh, on this trajectory. But I feel absolutely blessed to be in the, in the hospitality industry. Absolutely. Um, so you talked a little bit about, you know, the business. Um, so tell us a little bit more about how have you evolved or shifted you know, during the pandemic, I think most hospitality companies have taken sort of a fresh look at, at you know, how they operate. So um, what's, what's the new world order for, for Easton's group? I'll tell you a really embarrassing secret of how someone asked me this recently, Reed, how did you handle the situation? So this happened in March, yeah, is when we yes. first, so right before the Ontario State of Emergency, I kind of, I had actually had the pleasure of seeing Obama speak in the month of Feb, I believe, or January when he was here in Toronto. Um, and I kind of thought to myself, what would Obama do? How would he handle the situation? So I kind of pretended to be Obama and Obama has a situation room. So I called all the executives together and said, okay, this is our situation room. We have a situation. We need to get all of the best heads um, in the company together so we can figure out a plan going forward. Um, my plan was to keep as many properties as we could open. I wanted to make sure that our hotels, our teams, um, had that support and they knew that, you know, we're here to stay um, and also to save as many jobs as we could. So throughout the pandemic, um, although most of the industry closed their doors, we kept 75% of our hotels open. Um, naturally, yes, we were, you know, operating at a little bit of a loss, uh, but the goal was to keep the doors open, to keep business flowing, um, and honestly to save as many jobs as possible. So as of June 1st, uh, I opened up all of our hotels again. Um, we did open up two properties this year, actually. We opened up the Residence Inn in Mississauga, um, which opened, unfortunately, right before the pandemic hit. Um, and then in the month of July, I believe, we opened up another brand new hotel by the airport. Um, a little bit of a, of a gutsy move. But again, the, the thought behind that was to make sure that everyone understands that East Ends believes in our industry. We're not going to be closing our doors forever. Um, we're here to stay. So that was sort of the way that we handled the pandemic. And honestly, I'm with that every day we, we were changing decisions. Every day we were looking at our, you know, our revenues and trying to figure out how we're going to navigate this. So it was a really interesting time. You had to be dynamic, you had to be quick, and it really, really taught me a lot. Obviously we had all of the safety measures in place to make sure that all of our all of our homeowners felt comfortable to move in. Um, and that actually went really, really, really well. Wonderful. Good. Well, listen, fingers crossed. I think that, you know, we all move forward. I think we're all ready to just, you know, get things back to normal as, as much as possible as well. Um, I really enjoyed hearing you uh, recently that you've launched the Gupta Family Foundation, yeah. um, which really builds on your father's existing philanthropy work, both here as well as in India. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about your plans for the foundation, because you're really championing it forward now. 
So tell us more. What can we expect to see? I think you asked about this. It's so it's so close to my heart. Uh, so philanthropy, this all comes from my parents, by the way. Uh, they really raised us with the notion of giving back. And as you know, as we grew up, they would always say, okay, so if you're making this much money, um, you know, give back to your local temple or give give back to a greater cause. And we would watch my dad. He's, he's done so much amazing work in philanthropy. So especially in India, uh, he's built eye camps where people were treated with glasses or any sort of small surgeries. And I think he's treated about 50,000 people um, in these eye camps. He's built sanitation for all girls schools. He's done such tremendous, fantastic work. And it's always been sort of my dream to be able to take this foundation um, and take it on more of a global scale. Uh, mm -hmm. Then, so actually in January, pre-COVID, I was looking at building schools in India and in Africa. Um, we have a spiritual leader that we follow or a guru, as you would say, and his teachings are really, are really touching. One of his teachings that really has affected me is to live life with happiness, not for happiness. Mm -hmm. And for me, I thought if I can incorporate these types of teachings into a regular curriculum, it would really help children as they grew up. So we did start to look into this and then COVID hit. Um, and then during COVID, I actually started something called Project Kindness. And the reason why I had launched this was I found a lot of people were obviously, everyone's scared. No one really knows what to do. And I wanted to make sure that as people understand that we're actually in a, in, a, in a very good state and we all have our health. And if you have your health, it's so important to give back and show kindness because kindness is so contagious. So Project Kindness started, which went really well. I think within the first 24 hours, we were able to donate 1,870 pounds of food to Second Harvest, um, which was awesome. And that was all of our hotels coming together and donating their food to Second Harvest, which was amazing. Wonderful. Project Kindness is how um, my brother and I had this idea to launch the foundation and to sort of relaunch it um, with a new goal. And our goal, our goal will be more so for women empowerment, um, for education and for that type of thing, and to look at it on a, on a global level. I love that. And, um, you know, when I, when I lived in India for a few years, um, I have to say, I actually ended up visiting quite a few schools um, and, you know, primarily girls schools. And there is something quite special about being able to give back to young women in that part of the world so that they can feel that there's, you know, a, an opportunity ahead of them as well. So I really commend you on that. Given that opportunity to survive, to get an education, it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Well, that's great. And so if people want to find out more or donate, can they go to your website? Is that where they would get information? Yes, absolutely. Okay. It's, the, it's the Gupta Family Foundation. Um, they can hop on the website, shoot me an email, and we can definitely, we'd love to hear from anyone that's interested to help. Okay, wonderful. Um, so I really enjoyed the discussion around um, eradicating racism and hospitality that was um, put on by Hotelier Magazine and KML. And, and thank you for Easton's group for sponsoring that as well. I thought it was a great group of panelists and um, the start of a very candid and open and much needed discussion for this industry. And um, I wanted to ask you, Ritu, you know, what's been your experience with this issue in the industry and, and you know, what role do you see yourself and your organization taking in terms of combating the issue of racism in, in hospitality? So all of this started, obviously, with everything that was happening. You know, we're dealing with a global war of COVID. And then suddenly, you know, I mean, racism has always been an issue, but suddenly it was really front and center, especially in the States. And it really, it really impacted me. Um, I have... I've, I'm born and raised here in Toronto, but I've definitely uh, experienced racism. Unfortunately, my parents have experienced racism. And I thought if so someone needs to stand up and you need to have these difficult conversations. So it started off with a personal letter that I wrote out to our industry, asking everyone to stand together and let us help 
eradicate racism from our industry. Um, Rosanna Cairo from Costage was amazing. And she immediately reached out and said, how can I help and what can we do? And that's how that panel came together. So actually what her and I are planning to do is to have sort of a breakout session now, um, maybe put together some sort of verbiage or sort of a hospitality pact where we all can sign on, sign on to this and say, you know, diversity is one thing, diversity is so important, but you also have to have respect. And that's, respect is going to be the key to getting rid of racism. Um, so that's sort of going to be the next step now for us um, to be able to kind of work together to find out what is a path that all of us can take together, something that we can all agree on and move forward. Um, so we can all just have love and respect because at the end of the day, I thought that's what it's about. It's about having love and respect for your fellow humans. It doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter short, tall, whatever it is. We're all human at the end of the day and everyone deserves to be loved and respected. Thank you for that. I mean, you know, uh, as, as you were sharing, you know, same thing in, in, in my family and even in, through the career, you know, these types of issues have come up before and it's just, it's, it's, it's sad to see it exist at this time and age and where we are. So uh, mm -hmm. I love that. I love the industry pledge uh, idea. That's, that's really great. Um, so women in business, right, uh, as, a, as, a, as a very accomplished um, and dynamic woman in business, you know, what advice can you give other women, you know, whether they're looking to pursue careers in hospitality. I know that, you know, at the Ryerson School of Hospitality and Tourism, where you're on the advisory council, we have a lot of young women that want to be GMs and really have, you know, high aspirations for their careers. And so, um, and I think many of them will be watching this video as well. So what advice would you be able to impart um, on, onto other women to help them succeed? any woman or um, man that wants to come into the hospitality industry it is a fantastic industry and i know right now it's obviously scary and i'm sure a lot of people are thinking okay this is definitely not the industry to go in but i feel like now was exactly the time to get into the industry reason being you will learn so much more now than you will if this was you know a year ago today because then you're just dealing with regular hotel operations but now you have to be so dynamic and you're learning something different every day um, the brands are coming out with different guidelines every day. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a great way to learn really quickly how the industry works. Mm -hmm. And this industry is second to none. I'm obviously supremely biased, but I absolutely love this industry. And I think especially for, for women, um, there's a saying that I like to live by, and there's three C's that I live by. And that's courage, confidence, and conviction. I think for me personally, I have kept these three C's with me. And that's, I feel like, is what made me what I am today. You have to have the courage to believe in yourself, to believe in your goals. I know a lot of times, especially being women, you know, you might have people that are the naysayers that are saying, well, are you sure you really want to do that? You know, being a GM, it's a 24 seven job. And I don't know why with women, people kind of push women out of that role. And they think that men are more suitable, but it's a 24 seven job, but that is completely incorrect. So I would say always have the courage to believe in yourself, believe in your goals, whatever road you do decide to go down, go down with absolute conviction and always have confidence have confidence in yourself have confidence in all of your abilities because if you don't have confidence yourself it'll be very 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 hard to get others to believe in you but when you believe in yourself the whole world will believe in you it's so so important so that would be my words my words of wisdom for anybody that's watching great words and i'm really going to hang on to the piece around confidence right i think that that's really where it starts for for a lot of people including women and um and i think women have to do a better job of also building each other up right um, that, that's Absolutely. part of it too so that's a whole separate question <laughs> we'll talk for another hour on that for sure
I feel like we're dealing with such a bigger scale problem that for me, that's where my focus is. So when things open up again and when things are safe, yes, I would love to go to Disney World. I would love to go to a beach somewhere. Um, absolutely love to do that. But I think it's not, I'm not sitting at home feeling sorry that I can't travel. It's more so let's get the hotels open. Let's get people back at work. You know, let's get the world back to a normal state and then we can all continue, continue on. So Ritu, you know, talking about your family business, I know you work very closely um, with your brother and other family members as well. And you've also got Road Capital, which is really the investment arm um, yes. of your organization. So tell us a little bit more about what it's like to work with family on a day-to-day -day basis. And then, you know, um, your role on the investment arm uh, of the operation as well. Um, working with a family is really interesting. And I think, you know, with every passing day, we all, we're learning every day and we're adapting every day. Um, I actually had to kind of teach my dad that on the weekends, maybe you don't send that email on a Sunday and maybe you give everybody a break, give yourself a break. And it wasn't an easy conversation to have, but now it's completely flipped on its head. And if I bother him on the weekend, sometimes he'll just give me that look and say, you know, it's the weekend. We'll deal with that on Monday. I'm like, what? Who am I talking to? My whole life, he was, you know, workaholic, but I think now it's amazing that he's actually taking that time for himself and he's understanding the importance of work-life balance. And I think with my family, we all have that importance and we all stand in for each other when, when needed, which is, which is amazing. Um, with my brother, so Rogue Inside Capital is his baby. He's the president and CEO. Um, we launched this about two years ago. Um, it's been so interesting to learn about startups and to learn a whole different industry. Um, he's my younger brother, but honestly, younger, older, sometimes he's my older brother, sometimes he's my younger brother. He's my best friend. He's so inspiring and so intelligent. I learn from him every day. So him and I have such a good work that I think sometimes we'll be on calls and we'll be texting each other because we both don't know what's going on. And then he'll inevitably send me one of those jiffies and now I'll just be cracking up. We just, I have so much fun working with him. It's really, really a lot of fun. That's great. No, well, and then, you know, one of the things I appreciate is that um, uh, with Broke Capital is that you're supporting entrepreneurs, right? Um, and I was looking at the criteria that you also have for the entrepreneurs that you support and the importance of, you know, ensuring that you're supporting minority owned businesses uh, and people, you know, just giving access to, to different types um, of, of individuals in terms of opportunity that they may not have um, otherwise and as well. Is there a specific sector on the entrepreneurship model that you support or does it have to be hospitality related or is it anything across the board? No, actually we're, we're pretty agnostic to industry. Um, mainly what we look at and we focus on is the team and the idea. Um, and we sort of do a deeper dive into that. But exactly as you said, the main focus is minority owned and female led. Um, that, is our, that is our main goal. Wonderful. I love that. That's great. Thank you. We love what you're doing in terms of, you know, the organization and your work at Easton's, but also on the philanthropy side, because I think that that's so important as part of being a great corporate citizen. Um, and of course, we wish you and your team the best and um, you know, hoping the hotel recovery accelerates um, soon as well. So thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It was so nice to see you finally and to have this chat. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inspiration Lab. If you found value in today's episode, please follow us on your listening platform. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And don't forget to follow us on social on Instagram at a.bconsulting. Drop us a DM. We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas on any future podcasts. See you next time.